Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Today, I receive the Word of God to profit me, reproof me, convict me, and instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good work. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. If you have your Bibles, open with me to Psalms chapter 78. And as you do, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I look to you to enable me as a vessel of God to speak your word with clarity that I have may, may have boldness to declare the good word of the Lord today. May our hearts be open to receive what the Spirit of the Lord would say to us. And Lord, not only receive it, but God, let it become a part of us, Lord, that we may fulfill the plans and purposes that you have for our lives. And we pray and thank you for it ahead of time. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. I'm going to be sharing about vision. And as I do, I want you to begin to be diligent to pray about your vision for 2024. What is God putting in your heart? You know, there's a difference between declaring the vision and then also having a vision board or a faith board and believing God for something. And one of the keys is in this is finding out what does God put in your heart for you in your life. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, write the vision. We want you to write the vision down. We've written the vision down. Uh, for this house, but we want you to write the vision down, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. The Message Bible gives us a little better, better clarity, especially that he who runs may read it. It says it like this, and then God answered, write this, write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. How many of you have ever seen billboards? Okay, so your vision should be like a billboard. You know, when you're on a run, everybody sees it. When you're doing what God's called you to do, everybody sees the vision. The vision ought to be written in such a way that everybody sees that this is the direction that you're going. This is what you're anticipating. Everybody's seeing this. It's so big that they're not going to miss it. The vision messages a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. Now, when you get a vision from God, it's not your vision. It's his vision. And if it's his vision, he has this tremendous passion and desire to fulfill it in your life. He wants, he gets great delight in fulfilling his plans and purposes in your life. So it aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. In fact, the truth is, the reason it can hardly wait, because it's already done in the spirit realm. God's not going to give you a vision for something he hasn't already created or done for you. He's wanting you to have a vision for it so you can receive it. And it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in the coming, wait. If it seems slow in the coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. And so as Vicki was saying, you know, we were praying this morning. And, and this morning wasn't a whole lot different than any other Sunday morning. We weren't really praying and saying, God, what do you have for 2024? We don't really pray that way a whole lot, but we do seek God what, you know, he might want us to write down for 2024. And so Vicky got the word sore, but the word I got where she got the word sore was, tell the people I want them to dream bigger. Amen. I want them to dream bigger. So if you have your Bibles open with me to Psalm 78, Starting with verse 1, and yeah, I'm going to read a lot of scripture here at first, but then we'll come back and, and, and uh, bring a good foundation in the Word of God with this. Give ear, O my people, to the law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I tell you, just like Pastor Vicky said, listen, are you going to soar? Do you want to soar? How do you do that? Give ear to the word of the Lord. Give ear to the word of the Lord. Incline your ears to the words that God is speaking. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us, and will not hide them from their children. 
telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. So the author of Psalm 78, he's saying, first of all, give ear to what God's saying. Secondly, rehearse what God has done. Rehearse what God has done. For he has established a testimony in Jacob, or a witness, and appointed the law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and desire, uh, declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, generation that did not set its heart right, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. <coughs> the children of Ephraim, being armed and carried, uh, carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God, and they refused to walk in his law, and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. Marvelous things he did in the sight of them in the land of Egypt in the field of Zone. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the water stand up like heap. In the daytime, also he led them with the cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He split the rocks in the wilderness. He gave them drink in abundance like the depths. He also brought streams out of the rocks and caused waters to run down like rivers. But they sinned even more against them by rebelling against Most High in the wilderness, and they tested God in their hearts by asking for food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke to God, and they said, Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold, he struck a rock so that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed, but can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was furious. And so the fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel because they did not believe God. See that? This is the problem right here. We need to believe God or trust in his salvation. Yet he had commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna to give them to eat, giving them the bread of heaven. Men ate angels' food. He sent them food to the fold. He caused an east wind to blow in the heavens, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He also rained meat on them like the dust, feathered fowl like the sand of the seas. He set them he let them fall in the midst of their camp all around their dwellings, so they ate and were well filled, and he gave them their own desire. They were not deprived of the craving, but while the food was still in their mouths, the wrath of God came against them, slew the status of them, and struck down the choice men of Israel. In spite of this, they still sinned. They did not believe in his wondrous works. Therefore, their days he consumed in futility and their years in fear. And when he slew them, then, he, then they sought him. And they returned and sought earnestly for God, and they remembered that God was their rock and the Most High, their Redeemer. Nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth and lied to him with their tongue, for their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up for all his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, and the breath that passes away and does not come again. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Verse, one, four, verse 41 tells us how they did it. And yes, again, and again, they tempted God. How? And limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. And so, you know, one of the things that really got God's wrath going was that they limit him. They restrained him from being God in their lives. Well, there's many reasons why, and they, they didn't believe, you know. And, and, you know, it's hard for me to understand and comprehend what they were going through because God split the Red Sea for them. This is what it's talking about. God rained manna from heaven. This is what it was talking about. Yet they still rebelled against God. How did they rebel against God? By not believing God. You know, one of the things that you have to understand, this is why it's so important that we 
make a real effort to wash our minds with the washing of the water of the word because God could take the Israelites out of Egypt, but he couldn't get Egypt out of the Israelites. He couldn't get their way of thinking out of them. He couldn't get them to understand that he really wanted to do great and wonderful things for them. Why did he want to do this? Why did God create Israel? Why did God raise up Israel? To prove to the world that he is God. Israel is a light to the world. They're an example of the goodness of God. They're an example that when God says he's going to do something for a nation, then he is going to do something for a nation. He's going to do it for Israel. This is why I'm not too concerned about what's going to happen with Israel because I've read Ezekiel chapter 35, Ezekiel chapter 36, Ezekiel chapter 37 where it says, can these bones live? Well, I'm telling you they are living in that same geographical area. And then in Ezekiel chapter 38, when Gog and Magog comes down to attack them, God will suddenly wipe out their enemy and the whole world will know there's a God. This is what God's doing with Israel. He predestined Israel to be a light to show the glory and the goodness of God. Well, I've got some good news for you. You're grafted in. Amen. Amen. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Amen. That's what the Bible tells us. We're grafting. We're, you know, we can, we can claim that. God wants to use us to show his glory. God wants to use us to demonstrate he's a good God. And so let's not limit God. That word limit, it means to grieve. One of the Hebrew words means to grieve God. And we saw that in the scripture before that. It says how they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. They limit him. The word limit does not mean they limited God once. They lived a life of limiting God. It became a lifestyle. They just could not wrap their heads around that God could do some great things or wanted to do more for them. Okay, yeah, he split the Red Sea. Okay, yes, we left Egypt with all the gold and silver. Okay, he provided manna in the wilderness. Okay, he provided light at night and a cloud at day so we wouldn't get sunburned and you have to use sunscreen. Whoa, isn't he a wonderful God? I want to tell you something. If I could go out and fish all day long without sunscreen and not get sunburned, I would say that's an act of God. No, they, they just couldn't wrap their head around what God wanted to do for them. They could not comprehend the goodness of God. Not so with me, amen. I'm going to comprehend all the goodness that God has for them. Well, the Webster Dictionary uh, 1828 definition says it bounded or restrained. God was restrained because they limit him. God is restrained when we limit him. The children restrain God from doing more in their lives. What did God have to do? He had to basically let that generation die out and raise up a new generation, didn't he? That's what it said in Psalm 78. Hey, we had to teach our children what God wanted to do because their fathers couldn't believe it. Well, I'm not going to be of the ones of the unbelief. I'm going to be of the ones who says, I can believe God for great things. I'm going to see God do great things. The synonyms for the word limited means to diminish, insufficient, minimal, narrow, poor, reduced, restricted, or small. You know, we limit God when we begin to say, well, God can do some things, but, you know, there's just some things that God can't do. There's nothing that God can't do. There's only one thing God can't do. He can't lie. He watches over his word to perform it. I am not going to be one of those who draws back. That's why we've been sharing over and over and over again Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 through 39, which says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has such a great reward. That's what they did. They saw God do all these great things. Now, if you went to the lake and God said, I want you to go to the other side right now, and you stepped out, and it split, and you went to the other side, wouldn't you be thankful that God did a miracle? I mean, you saw this with your very own eyes. Wouldn't you be, wouldn't you be one of those who'd be like, wow, look, look at the goodness of God. 
you know, and, and, you, and you think, how can anybody overlook the goodness of God with the miracles they saw? Well, the disciples, the same way. They saw Jesus walk on water, but when it came to his crucifixion, his resurrection, they lost their confidence, didn't they? They thought, well, it's over now. Well, we followed him in vain, but no, he still um, uh, was raised from the dead and came back and encouraged him one more time, and then he empowered them with the Holy Spirit come on somebody, to go out and fulfill the plans and purposes of God for their lives. So we have this, this confidence which has a great reward for you need, you have need of endurance so after you've done the will of God that you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, he who is coming will come and not tarry. Now the just live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And you heard me say this, but many times when I read that, for many times, many, many times when I read that before, it was like, I don't get this. In other words, God does not have pleasure in you not receiving all that he has for you. Just like in Psalm 78, God was grieved when they limit him. God doesn't have pleasure when you limit God. You serve a big God. Tell your neighbor you serve a big God. Tell your other neighbor he wants to do wonderful things for you. And he hasn't finished yet. God still has some great and mighty things he wants to do. Why? Because you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. And people are going to go, why is it when there's trials and tribulations in the world, it seems like you just keep on getting smarter, you keep on getting uh, more prosperous, you keep on doing better. Why is it? Because I serve a God who wants to show off his glory, and I've made myself available for him to do that through. Amen. Amen? It's a testimony of God's goodness. But then it goes on, it says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but those who are believe, who believe to the saving of the soul. So we need to understand that God wants to do more for us, that we're not going to limit God. I'm not going to limit God in 2024. We had a great 2023 in this church. We had a great year in 2023, despite of all the things that went on. And there are still some churches, and we pray for them. We're not saying this in a boastful way. There are still are some churches that are still hurting from COVID and from not having people come to church because of some of the restrictions that were put on churches and things like that. But yet, we're still thriving. We're still moving. We're still growing. We're still seeing God do great things here at Family Worship Center and the people of this house. Why is that? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world. That's the key right there. Not to receive the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know that the things that have been freely given to us. Now that sounds like favor to me. Freely given to us, that we might know, that we might comprehend how God wants to bless us despite us. Hello, somebody. What does that mean, Pastor? Not because we're so wrong or evil or anything. No, God wants to take us to places that we've never thought that we could go in our life. He wants to increase us. He wants us to, to walk in divine health. He wants to walk in a peace that passes all understanding. He wants to see our families restored. He wants to see great joy in our lives. He wants to see the abundant life flowing in your life. That's why Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come to give you life. And that word life in John 10, 10 is God's kind of life. I've come to give you God's kind of life and give it to you beyond measure. That means it'll continue to get bigger and greater and more and more and increase more and more and more. How many of you want to, how many of you could stand a little more increase in your life? <coughs> well, the Amplified Bible, the classic Bible says it like this. Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world. That's so important that we comprehend this in order for us to move on. Why is that? Because the spirit of the world will always limit you. When man creates your world, he creates it with boundaries. He creates it on your ability, not God's ability. But when God created your destiny, your purpose, your plan, he created it without boundaries. He created it out without limitations. The spirit of the world says, yeah, you can only do so much. 
But God says, no, there's more. Because the word of God says, now unto him who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or even ask according to the power that works in you. And that's the key. The key is allowing the power of God, the Spirit of God, to begin to transform your mind, renew your mind, open your eyes. Now, I don't know about you, but when I saw this in Psalm 78 about limiting God, one of the first things I did was I asked God to forgive me for limiting him. God, forgive me. Forgive me for not for limiting you. That would be like if I bought all these wonderful Christmas pack, uh, presents for you and put them under the tree, and they've got your name on it. And I'm telling you, there's some of your heart's desire is underneath that tree. And you came to my home, and you saw all those packages, and you opened up one and said, that's all I can open. I just, I just, I just can't take anymore. How would that make me feel? I went to all the effort. I went to, I went to the uh, automobile dealership, and I got a title for the car of your, your dreams. I, I, I went, and I got the best builder in Boone County. I built the home of your dreams, and the title is under there under the tree. And you go in, and, and, and you pick this present, and, and it's a certificate to go to the nicest restaurant in town. You go, oh, that, that's, that's all I can handle. How would that make me feel? What am I going to do? Come back next year? Are those presents still there? Absolutely, they're still there. Are those blessings of God still there? Absolutely, they're still there. Is the increase that God has for your life, is it still there? Yes. Say, well, what if I was one of those who didn't get all my presents? Repent. What does repent mean? Come back. If he came back to my house and said, Pastor, are my presents still there? I said, absolutely. They're still there. Can I have them now? Yes. That's what repent means. It means to come back to God. Come back to him. So that's the first thing I would do to take the limits off of God in my life is ask him to forgive me for limiting him for whatever reason. Because I have. I don't know about you, but I have to admit, I've limited God. You know how I've limited God? I've limited God this way. Well, we're blessed. We get to eat every day. We have a nice vehicle we get to drive. You know, we live in a nice home. We have a wonderful church. I tell you what, we have the best church in America. Amen. You know, the budget's good. We're getting along all right. But that's how I've limited God. Because if, I not, if I'm not careful, I'm going to be satisfied with where I'm at. Right. And you know what? I want to do more. Listen, I want to see Boone County turn right side up for the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to be a testimony of the goodness of God. Amen. Now, I have to admit, one of the things that hindered me from moving forward was after God did such wonderful things for us to get us into this property and did wonderful things for us, you know, uh, uh, in the first 10 years of our ministry, and the criticism start happening. How come you can move into a house like that? How come your churches? I mean, I had pastors tell me that we stole this building. We stole this property. I didn't know paying the bank a note of $750,000 was stealing. Where'd that money go? I mean, if that's stealing, I'd, I'd like to have that money back that I paid. We paid something for this place, you know, but all kinds of criticism. And it caused me to back up a little bit. Maybe not talk about the goodness of God. You know, I hear other pastors talk about how hard it is for the churches. They've never recovered from COVID, you know. And there's a part of me that, that wants to not say anything how God's blessing us. Because I know it might make them feel bad. But you know what? I can't back off on the goodness of God. I can't be ashamed of God blessing me. Right. I have chosen to believe that I'm God's favorite. Amen. I've chosen to believe that the favor of God's on my life. I have received that. I've got a revelation of that. If God's going to do anything, he's going to do it for me. They can have the same revelation if they'll just dive into the word of God. 
I had such a wonderful time this last year reading through the Word of God. This last year, I read through the Message Bible. And I tell you what, it made some things so clear and so plain. But one of the scriptures said, one reason why God can't bless you, because you complain too much. Don't you love it when it's just plain and just right out in there, you know? I mean, you know, thus saith the Lord, if thou quittest murmuring, you know, that one just didn't quite get in my soul. But this one that says, the reason you don't have anything is because you just complain too much. The reason I can't bless you is because you just complain too much. I got that. I thought, oop, I'm not going to complain no more. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, keep a guard over my mouth. Why should I complain about the things I, I can't control when I can thank God for the things that he's in control of? Well, that's a good word, Pastor. All right, let me finish this out here. And the Amplified Classic Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, we've not received the Spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit, that's what we've received, who is from God, given to us that we might realize, open our eyes, Lord, and comprehend and appreciate the gifts, the divine favor of the Amplified Bible. What am I wearing? Favor of God. Amen. The divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. Yep, God did this for me. You mean your church, your church did all right, survived COVID? Yep, God did that for us. Amen. I mean, we built this and remodeled this whole whole back wall and things like that during COVID and paid cash for it. You mean God did? Yes, God did that for us. Amen? You mean God's blessing you? Don't you know that this economy is not good and people are suffering and God's blessing you? Yes, God's blessing me. Well, you must, you must have some big givers in the church. My faith is not in the givers in the church. My faith is in the God of the givers. Come on, somebody. And if we do have some big givers, you ought to say, I'm one of them. Amen? That means God's prospering you. Glory to God. The expanded Bible says it like this. We did not receive the spirit of the world, but we received the spirit that is from God so that we can know all that God has freely given to us so that we do not limit God. That's the key. We need to understand that God has done this for us. And one of the keys to that is to praise him for it. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. For behold, I will do a new thing. How many of you know that God's doing a new thing? Hmm? Now, now, let me ask you something. Let's just say your average salary is, you know, $2,000 a week. Okay? And... This week, you got 2,500. Is that new? What if you got 2,050? Is that new? Sure it is. You know, it doesn't matter how large the increase is. Just know that God's doing something new. And you know what? He wants to do something new every day in your life. Every day he wants something new. He wants to do something for you every day in your life. So behold, forget the former things. Why? Because you have to let go of the past so you can embrace the future. Let it go. Well, it didn't happen. Well, I believe God, but it didn't happen. Let it go. Keep on believing God. You have need of endurance after you've done the will of God. Don't draw back. Keep your confidence. Remember what God has done. Rehearse what God has done up to this point. Yeah, you're still believing for things. We are, we're believing some things. I'm going to share what, what, what our vision was for last year and what God had accomplished for us last year. And we're still believing. Amen. We're still Still trusting that God's going to bring it to pass. Amen. Just because it didn't happen in a calendar year that man made up called 2023 doesn't mean that God's not going to do it. Glory to God. It just means that I still need to wait. And we need to wait. Don't remember the former things nor consider the things of old. For behold. How many of you know what the word behold means? Grab hold of. Take hold of. Make it a part of who you are. Behold. I will do a new thing. 
Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness, rivers in the deserts. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals, the ostriches, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink uh, to my people, my chosen. This people I form myself, for myself, that they shall declare my praise. Now that's a mouthful. But again, let's look back at the, what the Message Bible says about this. Really clears it up. This is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean. Who carves a path through pounding waves. The God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down and they can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert. How many of you know making a road is not an easy thing to do? I'm making rivers in the badland. How many of you can make a river? How many of you know that's a miraculous thing? other words, what God's saying is, I'm doing miracles. I'm doing things that you can't do for yourself. I'm making a way for you, even though you can't make a way for yourself, because I'm the way maker. I'm making a way in the badlands. I'm making a river in the desert. In fact, I'm going to do something that's so great that even the animals are going to recognize it's from God and enjoy the blessing of the Lord. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? I'm making a road through the desert. Rivers in the badland. Wild animals will say thank you. The coyotes and the buzzards. You know, I like that because we have coyotes and buzzards around here. I'm not real fond of either one of them. But they're going to be thankful. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord's on my life. Even the animals are going to recognize the blessing of the Lord's on Pastor Tom's life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because I provided water in the desert, river through a sunbank earth, drinking water for the people I chose, and the people I made, especially for myself, a people custom made to praise me. And this is why I'm saying, you want to find out what God has for you? Praise him. God designed you not to do the work. God designed you to praise him for the work he wants to do for you. Hallelujah. The key is not to complain. The key is to shout victory. The key is not to doubt. The key is to thank God by faith. It's already happened. The key is in the praise. God created you not to complain. God did not create you so that you wouldn't have enough. God created so that you would praise him. You're created for praise. And why would you be thankful? Because things are really going good for you. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout in this place. So one of the things to seeing your vision come to pass, number one, you've got to forget those things which have hindered you up to this particular point. Well, you know, pastor, some people, I mean, if this didn't happen, that person didn't say this, I had a betrayal. Let it go. Forget about it. Be thankful that God's doing a new thing. Amen? He can't do a new thing if you're complaining about what happened in the past. I'm sorry it happened. I wish it would have never happened. But I'm here to tell you, by the Spirit of God, if you'll praise God, you're going to see a divine reversal. Glory to God. Amen. Will God restore that thing that was lost? I don't know. Will God restore that relationship? I don't know. But I know God will restore you to a place that you'll be happier than you ever have been. Amen. You'll be better off than you ever were. That's the God of restoration. Some people just don't cooperate with his restoration. Let them go too. You're doing good this morning, Pastor. Thank you very much. Glory to God. Isaiah 54 tells us how to get the vision. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth in the singing and cry aloud. That's not crying boo-hoo. That's crying Hallelujah! Amen. Glory to God. 
I may not have any children, but God's going to make my quiver full. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God can bring children to you. Amen. I mean, I have a blessed family. I married into it. Hallelujah. I was so blessed, I didn't have to change the diapers of my kids. They were already potty trained when I met them. Now that's blessed. And I get the benefits. Hallelujah. You have not labored with child for more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge your place. I'm going to expand you. I'm going to increase you. This is not something you visualize. This is something you do. Enlarge the place. God spoke to us a couple years in prayer. Go and declare over every department, upgrade. We went, we threw it. We went through every department in this church. Upgrade, 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 upgrade. And every department has been upgraded. He said enlarge. He wants us to grow. You know, God wouldn't say enlarge something if he wasn't going to fill it. God's got a plan for you. Listen, you want more money? Go open a new bank account by faith. Say, God, fill this. Said, Pastor, you're 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 out there today. Yeah, I'm out there. And I've been in the zone of God for quite a while, seeing what God wants to do for you and for me. Amen. Break forth and sing and cry aloud, you have not labored child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you shall. Is this a word from God? For you shall. What does it mean when God says you shall? Well, you shall. You shall. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And the descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolated cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For forget the shame of your youth, and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Does that sound like restoration to you? This is what God spoke to me a couple of weeks ago when I was praying. He said, not only are my people going to re- experience restoration, but they're also going to receive, they're also going to experience harvest. That's the double. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. God wants to restore everything that's been stolen from you. Amen. In fact, he wants to restore it and add interest to it. Hallelujah. Amen. And he also wants you to experience the harvest he has for you. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Now, just think about it. Just think... If, if you had $1,000 uh, stolen from you, God wants to restore that. Just think if you had $1,000 of harvest coming to you. God wants to give that to you. That's, two, that's the double. That's $2,000 you don't have right now. If God wants to do that for you, do you think he intends to do it for you? Well, are you going to sit around saying, well, I believe it when I see it, or are you going to begin to thank him by faith that it's happening? I'm thanking him by faith that it's happening. Glory to God. That's what he spoke to us. He brought a man of God here and said, divine reversals. He brought a man of God here and said, you know, there's going to be more and more and more suddenlies. Brought a man of God here and said, what usually takes 20 years is going to happen quickly. He brought a man of God here that said, there's going to be divine accelerations. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Put your seatbelt on. Amen. Get ready to soar. Get ready for the thermal climbs of the Spirit of God to take you to a place you've never been before. Hallelujah. So enlarge your thinking. If you're enlarge your thinking, just stretch a little bit more. If you're believing God to restore one thing and there's been two things stolen from you, then begin to believe God for two things to be restored. Enlarge your thinking. Begin to talk about what you're going to do when that restoration happens. Begin to talk about what you're going to do when that harvest comes. Glory to God. Man, hallelujah. You know, the first thing Vicki and I do, we begin to say, man, when that harvest comes, I mean, the first thing we're going to, we're going to bring a tithe to the church. Amen. We get so excited about tithing, and we're probably going to give an offering on top of it. You know, and, and we think about the harvest that's coming to the, this house, and we think, you know, boy, I tell you what, wouldn't it be great to just be able to buy homes and say to our staff here, this is yours? 
hmm? And all the staff said, Glory to, wouldn't it be great to have enough money to start a business and just hire one of you guys to run it? Huh? Come on, somebody. You say, Pastor, come on. Get back down to reality. I'm in God's reality. I'm thinking bigger than I've ever thought before in my entire life. I, I mean, I told Vicki, I said, let me tell you what's in my heart. She said, don't tell the people, don't tell the people, don't tell the people. They're not ready. They're not ready. They're not ready. I mean, even want to know. Keep coming to the church, and one of these days, I'll tell you. It's big. No, I'm telling you it's big. I'm telling you it's big. I can't do it my own strength. I can't do it by myself. It's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to do what God's put in my heart to do for the kingdom of God. Millions of dollars. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Enlarge your thinking. Refuse to let the past determine your future. The Message Bible says it like this in Isaiah 54, verses 2 through 4. Clear lots of grounds for your tents. Make your tents large, spread out, think big, use plenty of rope, drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Man, whole nations. I'm still believing God to take over Boone County. I got a word not too long ago, not only influential in Boone County, but also the state of Missouri and outside of the state of Missouri. Going to be influential. I don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, I, I can't say little old me because I'm 6'6", six, six, but me? Really, God wants to use me? I believe God wants to use you and me. Praise God. Spread out. Use plenty of robes. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle the abandoned cities. Our city has, our, Columbia is abandoned. You say, well, how can you say that? It's a growing, growing city. It's abandoned God. There's hardly any spirit of God in the Columbia. Hey, man, I tell you what. It takes faith to live in the city of Columbia. Hallelujah. We'll leave that alone and move on. But the word tents means tabernacles, tents, dwelling places, coverings, homes. It means all these places. God wants to do something new in you. Will you receive it? Can you believe it? Number four, find a scripture for it. You know, when we first came to this, this area, God gave us Deuteronomy where it said that I'm taking you to a place of hills and valleys springs and rivers and it named all the fruit there's only one fruit that doesn't grow here that's in the word there pomegranates and i found out that somehow they've changed it so that we can grow pomegranates here but wheat and barley this is our land and my wife got a hold of this and you know when when we moved from texas we didn't have any place to store our furniture so we gave it all away we have a place for it to go so we just gave it all away <clears throat> So we lived in <coughs> with my parents the first year, so none of our furniture fit there. And the second year, God blessed us supernaturally. It was a nice place, but we didn't have much of our own furniture there either. It was about 800 square feet above and a, a, about a 200-square-foot landing below uh, over a, a three-car garage. We didn't have much furniture put in, but one day we bought our own house, and it was empty. I mean, it was very empty. It was so empty. <laughs> and my wife stood on this scripture here, Deuteronomy 6, verse 10. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you. She took Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob out of there, and she put the land that God gave Tom and Vicky. She claimed this place. You know, one of the things I admire about my wife, she's a Texan. And uh, she's, she's loyal to the Chiefs, believe it or not, but she still likes the Dallas Cowboys. But anyway, she's a Texan. But when God told her, this is your land, she never turned back. Somebody asked her just this week, do you miss Texas? 
She said, I'm in the perfect will of God. How can I miss Texas? You know, yeah, we, we'd like to spend a little more time with our, our children, our grandchildren, but we don't miss Texas, you know, because we're, we're right where God wants us. This is our land. This is where God's planted us. This is where God wants us to bloom. This is where God wants to increase us. And so she got this scripture into the land which he swore to your fathers to give Tom and Vicky is what she did, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of good things. That's what she stood on. She said, I have houses. I have houses full of good things which you did not fill. Hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards, olive trees which you did not plant. When when you have eaten or full, then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of, and we put Fort Worth there, from the house of bondage. Not that we were in bondage, but God removed us and put, brought us here. And this was our testimony. And I am telling you, I don't remember all the details like she does, but God filled our house. I'm telling you with nice furniture. I'm not talking about cheap stuff. I'm talking about nice stuff. Stuff that some of it we still have today. We have nice. We, in fact, we have to give some of it away. We got so much. Why? Because she got a word from God. She got a word to trust God that she could stand on in the word of God. So get a word from the Lord. Find scripture to validate your vision. Find scripture to validate what God's put in your heart. Well, the fifth thing I want to share with you this morning is call things that be not as though they are. That's so important. Don't look at the natural realm. You know, and, and, a, and a big one, a big one, I just read it in Malachi, a big one is this. Don't get into that trap of, well, God, why is it happening for everybody, but it's not happening for me? Don't get in that trap. God says, when you say that, those are harsh words against him. Why are they harsh words against him? You think, well, doesn't God understand how I feel? Because I've been going without. Of course he knows how you're feeling. But why are they harsh words? Because he's already got it in motion. If he said he's going to do it, it's already done. It's a done deal. You just need to begin to thank him for it by faith. And believe God. And when something happens good to somebody, rejoice because you may be the very next person. Amen? You ever been at a Christmas party where somebody, you know there's a really, you know, there are really nice gifts and someone opened up the gift and they got something nice and you go, praise God, I'm glad you got that because I know there's something better for me. And you're hoping to get that gift and open it up and get it. That's the way you ought to be with God. When God does something for somebody, you ought to be rejoicing and know that God's got something better for you. Amen. Amen. We're doing okay this morning, aren't we? This last day of 2023. Keep your confession on it. Keep speaking over it. Keep proclaiming it. How long do I keep on speaking? Until it comes to pass. You know, God worked with Abraham until he became fully persuaded. This is what your, your confession does. It fully persuades you. I know that I know that I know that I know that I know this is going to happen. Don't know how, don't know when. Timothy said, make a good warfare with the prophecy spoken over you. Divine reversals, more and more and more suddenlies, divine acceleration. People who don't know anything about you, I'm, I'm quoting the word that Brother Jerry gave us. People that don't know anything about you with much means are going to hear about you and come and want to support this ministry. Amen. Amen. Plus, you're all going to get blessed. Amen. And be faithful to bring your tithes into the ministry. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's just going to get better. Receive it by faith. Believe that God, believe God's word. He's already put these things in motion. And the last thing I have here is rehearse what God has done. God's been so good. I'm telling you, God has been so good. So what were we believing for in 2023? We were believing for expansion in the children's ministry. It's happened. It's a done deal. Now we need some more workers. Need some more workers in children's ministry. Hello, somebody. That's my vision. You know, that you won't be able to sleep until you're obedient to God and start working in the nursery. 
No, that's not, I'm just kidding. No, but God will raise up some nursery workers. We need some nursery workers more than anything else, but in the children's church. But he's expanded it. We are believing God to have the asphalt resurfaced. And we got a bid, not just to have it surfaced, but they're going to dig out all the old tracks, and they're going to put in a, um, a parking lot drain, water drain, where it kind of catches up here, $75,000. Two-thirds of the money is already there for it. In fact, we're making a schedule this week or next week for them to come and do it on, on spring break. It will get done. Amen? Amen. Praise God for that. Uh, we, we're, believe, we're believing God for a $150,000 increase this, this last year so we could put Eric on staff full-time. Eric wants to work full-time here, but... To their surprise, they got pregnant, and they had Ollie, and they said, well, let's just wait a little bit. So that was part of the delay. But we didn't see 150000 come in last year increase, but we saw 65000 increase. Come on, somebody give God praise for that. Amen. Hallelujah. So those were the three things that we asked for you to agree with. But not only did we see that, but we got the stage completely upgraded. We got new cameras, and we have a better online presence. We had the best enrollment in Columbia Christian Academy that we've ever had. We have now youth ministers on staff. Amen. 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 These are some of the increase that has happened just in one year. And see, it happens kind of gradually, here a little, there a little, and we don't really see the improvement. But if you came in here last year this time, and you came here in this time, this year you'd see the improvement. And this is what happens so many times is we can get lulled into not realizing what God's doing when he's doing something every day for us. Amen. And so we are, we're going to have a service here in a couple weeks. So you begin to pray. We'll announce the service. It won't be next week, but we'll announce the service. You begin to pray about your vision. Really pray. Now, there are desires. We agree with your desires. We can agree with what you're believing God for. But ask God to give you a vision for what he has for you. What does God really want you to do in 2024? What does God want you to bring to the table? What does God want to give you to bring to the table? What does God want to see happen in your life? This is what we want you to pray about. Well, I believe that God's given us a new declaration for 2024. How many of you want to hear it? I declare this is a year of unprecedented favor of God. The people of Family Worship Center will experience barrier-breaking breakthroughs. You will see the blessing of the Lord make a way when there seems to be no way. The path of the righteous will cause you to soar as never before. This will be a year of no limitations, divine reversals, supernatural increase, and harvest. Family Worship Center, we believe. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.